What is really, really nice about being a 5D mystic is that you have the ability to use your integrated brain, your inner adult is present, so you are a person who takes emotional accountability and you learn how to harness those emotions and to use them in direct communication. So unlike the 4D mystic plane and any of the basically what I call teenage plane, where people have unresolved trauma and attachment wounds, and so they direct their life in a very different way. And we're just going to allow ourselves to put that to the side for now because they don't do direct communication. They do an energy that is of a trauma response, safety behavior response, whether it's their zero, one-year-old, or their three-year-old, or their teenager. Uh, what happens is their human suffering narrative comes into the mix. And that's why I say teenager, because I remember my teenage friends and them in drama land. So I'm going to use them as the example so that we can continue on uh, in the adult land. And I do want you to understand this is where you choose to navigate uh, your nervous system. And so it's called self-regulation. And to be in the land of neutrality and duality is you being in the land of the adult, where you choose to use your prefrontal cortex and to be equanimous and not to get uh, into using the upset emotion. And you, in fact, notice, first of all, I'm upset, so I'm going to wait till I calm down, and then I'll evaluate. Because if I evaluate while I'm upset, then really what I'm doing is going to be either rumination or um, it's a distorted moment. Uh, it's more ideal if I want to vent, then I know I'm venting because I'm upset right now. But we try to not vent or to, again, create the present. And so to bring your inner adult and know I'm venting because right now I am subjectively frustrated with this emotion. I'm looking for a safe space so people who will listen to my thoughts and feelings, not judge me, not judge the situation, but just be a sounding board, not so that I have to re-traumatize myself in, over and over and over again because there's those drama queens, kings, and theys that do that. And that's actually called venting without being present. So yeah, it's more of a, I'm just going to always do this every time I get upset. And I'm going to allow my pattern, which is maladaptive because I'm using my survival nervous system mode, getting all upset and not learning to harness what is my ventral vagal nervous system, my soothe system, so that I can maturely and with the depths of my intimacy with my body, feel the emotion and in a safe space, allow myself to share it. Again, achieving equanimity is a choice. You, you don't consistently vibe in the enlightenment vibration if you don't consistently navigate in a nervous system that has equanimity, so your soothe system. And the decision to be in healthy self-worth is always yours the minute you get upset. Because it's the minute you're upset that your implicit bias, your stuff comes up. And either you hold it, hey inner child, hey how are you doing teenage me, for example. But the reality is uh, the ones of us who are inclined to be functional adults, we just say, okay, we got an emotion going on, let's check it out. But some people, they might have done inner child work with good therapists, and they will talk about those parts as their child parts. And so it's all 
subjective. The part that is most important is though the functional adult will speak to another adult, not with them. My child part wants a hug. My child part wants this. You have to respect my not securely attached distress moment. No, that's a person that's bringing their homework to the table, if you will, and having, uh, do my schoolwork for me. Um, no, do your work on your own and bring me an adult because I don't want you to be my child because I'm not a child with you. So this is in adult relationships. Obviously, if you have a child, that's a different story. Your child gets to be treated like a child and you're the grown-up who can learn to regulate into a soothe system and not be reactive and get stressed out. I mean, obviously, we all can, but again, you, you choose what you can handle, I assume you know your nervous system if you're an adult, but then again, I assume wrong. There's a lot of people, they don't know their nervous system. So again, uh, in functional adult land, it's, you know, I'm really emotional right now. So I think I'm going to be reactive in this. It depends. It depends where a person's at with their own behavior, their own images, their own sensations, CMAB, CMB, affect, uh, meaning, and so sensations, images, affect, meaning, behaviors. So when you're a good self-aware observer, because your healthy self-worth is there, your adult, emotional, mature is always there, you know how to say, yeah, I, I'm really upset. That's why I reacted. I am sorry. Um, I will try it again next time. But yeah, right now, that's what happened. And that's basically it. And so if somebody wants to use a different way, we'll understand. Okay, so let me give this story first. I had a couple of people, and more probably in my life, but one comes to mind, where they were in a therapist's uh, seat, meaning they had a good therapist. I don't know if it was a good one, because actually I think that their therapist didn't teach them what it meant to take ownership of their own triggers, but instead how to use them and make up excuses for why other people need to talk in a way that they want them to talk. Okay, so if you have a good therapist that is informing you that you have triggers and that you get to work with your window of tolerance, a grown-up knows how to say, I'm working with a window of tolerance. So right now, when this happens, this is how I'm feeling. And because of how I'm feeling, then usually I, I want to be now alone or, you know, something like that. There's a conversation. There's not a demand made. The adaptive children make demands. Since my nervous system got upset, and I know that it's a trigger from my own trauma history, I'm going to say that you have to be aware of everything that comes out of your mouth. Otherwise, I'm going to justify my trigger and that I'm getting rude or whatever it is. So uh, my situation wasn't exactly that way because, see, when you are an emotional grown-up, pretty much your entire life healthy self-worth, that's... I'm going to keep repeating that because it's when you know you're not a piece of shit and you're not a piece of nothing. You're a person, so don't talk to me like that because that's how healthy self-worth people know. Don't talk to me with that tone. I'm not your child. I'm not inferior. I'm not superior. Talk to me like a person. And the minute that you're not talking to me like a person is the minute that I will know how you're talking to me. So it depends on what I decide to do with that information. And usually the grown-ups will choose the right silence just because we don't want to waste our breath on deaf ears because the minute you've talked to me in your child state is the minute that I know I've got a blind, deaf child, emotionally speaking, in front of me with or without whatever your past is. I don't care. I'm not your babysitter and I'm not your parent and I'm not going to be wielding your nervous system anywhere. 
and I'm not going to take the time to scold you because that would make me try to be a codependent type parent, and I'm not. I don't need to tell you how to behave in your life, especially if it's your subconscious and conscious, and you didn't notice it the minute that you formulated a sentence in your brain and spoke it as a demand to another human being, and you're telling me to filter my mouth for you. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't need to waste any breath of mine except for, well, I think that right now I will try to meet what you say. I do know that I won't be able to meet this demand at all. So I think, no, I know this will be the last time that we will speak because I don't uh, do filters. I don't do children in my life as people that I get to converse with. And that is all. So that's it. And you're done. And lo and behold, no energy vampires, no dark auras, no evil people. No, just people who are on a healing journey. They need a better therapist and they need to learn how to handle themselves when they're triggered. But, you know, it is a journey of the heart, mind and body. So they get to choose to allow themselves to do it however they feel fit. As a healthy self-worth person will allow themselves to directly communicate I'm so sorry that your nervous system is upset right now. So at this time, I will suck it up. Of course I will, because I would not want you to be uncomfortable as we're exchanging moments of life. But I now know what I'm dealing with, and this is no longer intellectually, emotionally, or physically interesting at all. That's all. You have no interest in my book, because now I know that I would need to be a school teacher or a proper little school soldier or something for you to enjoy yourself, and I would be miserable in my own body in that moment, because I ain't a soldier or a school teacher. <laughs> it's called, I want to have fun in life, for real, not pretend. So your social trending behavior, whatever, is not of, again, teenager land right there. So it's actually quite, yeah, I remember teenage land. It wasn't the same because as you grow up emotionally, you learn how great it is to just be in your body and you learn how nice to just have people around you that are grown-ups. Okay, so that's why when we have um, interactions, as I got older personally, I just noticed that when I'm around people that I can't be fun with, I, I won't be around them too much because I want to have fun in life, not be with people who need to, you know, act like... I don't know, facades. So you can be in not good company just so long as there's interesting people around, which luckily for us, there's an array of people. So you'll find direct communicators and fun people around all the time. And the 5D mystics get to also share our lovely mysticism and the dreamers and the doers get to talk about this plane of consciousness. So when you have your oversoul, you do pick up on the people that are around you. And for the teenagers, we scooch them over to the side. Once you're practiced enough, you just understand that there's an ascension moment, there's an important theme, or something's going on with the collective. Like right now, we still have a collective that's dropping people because they think mysticism means that you're better than other people. And therefore, you're going to lose people that don't know how to vibe versus actually be kind of an adult and respectful and know I'm a person, others are people. How dare I objectify my loved one because I don't like 
I don't know what their political agenda is or their ideas. Okay, so that's one. And then we also have the part about being able to enjoy what is an actual relationship. Okay, so when you meet people who are able to talk about feelings and thoughts subjectively, there's a genuine, consistent interest in wanting to know how the day is going, how the feelings are going, how anything is going. Obviously, though, life is not like, wow, there's always something going on. <laughs> okay, so with people who have busy schedules, there's not necessarily going to be too many of those conversations. But what there is, is a consistent desire. And that desire is what fuels people's connections. Okay, so it's not challenging as you grow up to make more friends for those who have healthy self-worth. And for those who maintain their uh, clan, if you will, they find people like them. And so they learn to find the ones who will filter their mouth like they do. And they have the same type of gossip arena and social arena. So you'll see that they hold the same types of values and they're very firm about it like teenagers are. And those are those other soul age groups. So when you meet enlightenment soul age group, you can talk about everything, anything. There's always expansive energy. And that's because we have people who know how to navigate the soothe system as they engage in intellectual conversations. Okay, so one, emotionally, there's a sense of safety and maturity. And that is in just being yourself. You're with people who you know accept you and that they actually also are intrigued. So what does it mean? Well, when you're intrigued by people mentally, emotionally, and physically, and you're actually at the same degree of, how can I explain this one? Because see, there's, there's ways that you know the match, the vibrational match of yours. So for the enlightenment soul age group, it's unconditionally loving human beings that are securely attached. They do know about all humanity as beautiful. They have compassion. They know that the world is imperfect because of unresolved trauma, attachment wounds, and that we have people in positions that are teenagers. So there's a bunch of smart people that know this, that we have teenagers ruling the world and we want to get them out of those seats and we want to get people who are grown-ups because their unresolved trauma and their trust breaks are fucking with the planet. Okay, so there's stories also, by the way. So we know what the difference is between a story and a data point. So data points is we want to get our environment on track. Uh, story is it's not true that the environment needs us. Or yes, it's true. It needs us for real always. Or people are pieces of shit. They need to all die. Whatever the story. Story is simple. Data is simple. Okay. So on that note, functional adults, that's why we sit in a room and we just have a good time. And none of us are doomsdayers. This is the Enlightenment Soul Age Group. If we have doomsdayers, they're not in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group. No. They're in another vibration and another soul age group because they're crapping on people. It's like when you're watching any one of those uh, soccer or football games, you know, sports, 
You know, I see people telling people how to play. And even if they're professional athletes or somehow they think, because if you're professional, then you would be on the TV screen, not yelling through the TV screen. So I know that people like to think of themselves as professionals, like the musicians that don't make it to the you know, TV, but they yet are musicians, and so they start to criticize other musicians, okay? So when you meet people like that, uh, and that's with anything, and so when humans are, ah, humans are this, and they're just pointing that finger, it makes me think of people who think they can do a better job. And yet they're using their flapping mouth, because I don't see them sitting in the seats of politicians. I don't see them, you know. So point that I'm trying to make here is grown-ups know how to enjoy conversations without creating a doomsday. That's the enlightenment vibration. We philosophize, we have fun, we're playful, we enjoy intellectual material, and of course we enjoy trying to get the world to the better spot, but we also are realistic and know it takes the collective together. And our collective has been separated. No, they've always just had different countries, different rules, different... We, we need to get people who care from their hearts, and that means that they give priority to soil and air and not their economical whatever it is. While politicians, whenever I just take a little peek at the news and anything that is from my, because I'm a political science major, and my master's is in international relations and diplomacy, and anytime I go and just take a look at like The Economist, I'm like, fuck this shit, I don't want to even read you because they objectify life and they make it into like a price tag and I am beyond furious with that because see, those are all teenagers and I've met them and they may have adult ages, they have no adult emotions or brains. The ones who do, they know, like I just said, we have teenagers, we need to get them out of those seats somehow or get something going because they're really beginning to get quite annoying no, they've always been annoying, but then again, our species has not been this advanced in their expanded consciousness. That's why we're only beginning to use specific types of language, the smart ones of us. So the smartest one of us knows, again, that there's requirement of collective effort and time for demystics think they're anointed and that they're keys to solutions. And you can tell because they feel the weight of the world on their shoulders. And they believe in conspiracies and that they must hide themselves and their findings and their names because otherwise they will be put in danger. I've met 4D mystics. They have made it very clear to me that they are in danger anytime they speak, that they are trying to hide their geniuses so that they may be not uncovered and that they may get their very information that is super, super duper important out there. Okay, so they live in pseudo-liveness, it's called. That's when you still have a nervous system that is basically in default mode and a survival mode because you literally are navigating life from a pseudo-live standpoint, which means partly clinical dissociation and out of body. So your nervous system has a window of tolerance and you keep on navigating between a, I don't even want to say it, but you are just not navigating to the best of your potential life and you're treating it like it's some movie, which it's not. Okay, so the ones of us who are grounded in reality, we would like to see things speed up, but we know they won't. And here's where I'm going to share a side note for our channeled guidance we talked about. Um, 
couple days ago, or it was yesterday, about when you're dismantling from the 4D bandwidth to the fifth and how that works and how it's not confusing for a 5D person. Okay, so when I went through mine, there was a moment and I laughed at myself. I laughed at myself because of what I thought was going to happen. And I didn't laugh at myself as if I was a stupid person because I don't have that streak of me criticizing me. Healthy self-worth people are imperfect and flawed. That's the whole point. We're okay with messing up, quote-unquote. We know it's normal. Like, I'm not going to yell at myself for... I, I mean, this is the part. If you're healthy self-worth, you find it ridiculous. If I fall, I'm not going to laugh at myself as if I did something that I'm supposed to be embarrassed about. I, I fell, that's it. I, I fell. And if you're going to try and make me feel ashamed of being myself, I'm going to be like, fuck that shit. I fell. What do you want, you asshole? Because <laughs> you're the asshole, not me. So healthy self-worth is I don't have low self-esteem. If I fell, I fell. That's it. I'm not of any less value. I mean, you can think whatever you want. If you want to put a price tag on me, go for it, low self-esteem people. Just go for it because you're the ones who are working to be loved, not the other way around. Your little infant body feels that it has to have a value. I don't feel that way. I'm sad for you because you feel that way. And now I know that you have a price tag and that you don't feel that you're beautiful and special. I know I'm beautiful and special and so are you, but I'm not going to convince you because you got a price tag on your head. Go for it. Go live your price tag. So long story short, um, I laughed because of what I thought would happen. And <laughs> it was a bittersweet moment. Meaning there was a couple and more things that it wasn't just one aspect. So it took a couple of series of events. Um, and when this thing happened, that's when the spell, quote unquote, was broken. And it was not something um, ugly. It wasn't pretty. So has anybody watched The Man on the Moon? This is the Jim Carrey movie where he basically gets what he says is possessed, or anyways, uh, Andy Warhol is who he begins to believe he is. And I believe that he went through that personally, because I know that many mystics can go through different ways that they, uh, or I don't think he calls himself a mystic, but people who expand consciousness, there's things that take place. So that's what I meant. Anyways, long story short, putting that to the side, this uh, man on the moon is a story of a uh, what is he, a comedian? I, I don't know data like that, so I don't know anything. I didn't know it was a true story, like with, like with Beautiful Mind. I didn't know it was a true story. And I found myself lost when I hadn't figured out that he had schizophrenia. I just thought that they were trying to get him, and I believed his story. So I was like the guy of the Beautiful Mind, and I was thinking people were trying to get him. And so at a certain point, I'm like, what are they doing? And then finally... The doctor came out and, and the diagnosis was there and it's like, oh, okay, wow, I totally didn't see that. Wow, one of my good friends, he's a great observer. He's like, wow, really, Maria, didn't you notice? I was like, nope, <laughs> I did not notice any of that. But now that you pointed out, actually, you're right. Now I'm noticing that nobody else could see his friends and only he could see them. So long story short, back to the man on the moon where at the end, this uh, comedian, he actually goes to try and a, he tried to do a healing uh, with some Tibetan monks. Now, here's the other part, though. I do believe in healing. I'm a mystic, so I, I actually know of this. But I also know, as a 5D mystic, that it's not for everyone. So there's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. 
But putting that to the side, I maintain groundedness with the sciences. So I'm able to know what's important, which is to stay grounded. And so when this dude looks to the left, he sees that there's like a, it's a hoax. They're pretending to heal people, but it's not true. And he's laying down and he laughs at himself because he's trying to not die of cancer. And so his was a very sad laugh in this movie. Like he literally laughs at himself like, I'm so desperate that I actually spent money, came out here, and it's bullshit. That was sad. I left that theater without being very happy. And then I learned something. I said, you have expectations. This person's an artist. He's wanting to expand in his career. He's not only going to make stupid, funny movies so that you can laugh, Maria. <laughs> so... There was that. I learned how to suck it up and remember the artist, which is what his profession is. I didn't know about Andy Warhol and him being in this, you know, symbiosis, whatever was going on. But still, he is an artist and any artist is going to want to expand their craft. That only makes sense. Otherwise, they're not of their craft. And so my little pity party of, oh, but he didn't make me laugh. That's the point. I was being the child emotionally of it, not the other way around. But I used this man on the moon to say, when this thing happened to me, I laughed, but not in the same way because I was not dying of a tumor. I just had assumed that something would happen in a specific way. And I was awakened to the fact that that's like the little magical wand of children. And so when I think of people who have childhood trauma and they're not healed and therapists, the good ones like Patrick Tiahan point out that they have what is called magical thinking and they fall for codependent type therapist relationships, codependent type relationships with romantic people, uh, codependent type with those uh, culty cults, traditional cults, ethical cults and their masters and spirituality and anything, okay? And Sadhguru is not included, by the way. Sadhguru is a beautiful guru and he is the person that I personally appreciate as I know that yoga supports the growing of your corpus callosum, prefrontal cortex, hippocampus, and the uh, connectomes, interconnected connectomes. So it supports your brain structure to actually heal from if there has been trauma. And yoga helps your ventral vagal nervous system because it's a portfolio of ventral vagal nervous system toning exercises. So demons do not come out of you but what does happen is if there's trauma memory and traumatized attachment and if there's stuff beneath the surface and you don't have a good therapist, you're a lost person because you don't have a good therapist. You got spiritual people who might. And even if they have some idea of the attachment and trauma stuff, if they're not dominated by the fact of I want this human being to have quality of life, mental and emotional, but they're busy trying to prove and keep their spirituality story going, if you will. Okay, so my idea is this a person who cares about your quality of life will care about you as a human. And they will put to the side what their belief system is. So if I'm a belief system person, I will put those to the side and make sure that your brain and nervous system get what I know you need. That's what I mean when I say good therapist or a good professional who wants your quality of life from the forefront. So when I hear people that get conned, they don't get conned, but then again, they do. That's why Patrick Tiahan and other childhood trauma survivors, they talk about this stuff and people in the magical wand. So there is an idea and an illusion that can happen, a 
person who's grounded, like myself, I knew what was happening. I didn't feel lost. I didn't feel like a buffoon. I didn't feel anything. I just laughed because I was like, Maria, you actually thought this would happen. You're totally <laughs> what I would. <laughs> and I thought of Andy Warhol and of this moment that I saw in this movie. And I just said, oh, well, now I know, you know, like the spell's been broken kind of thing. So on that note, and with this example, what I am trying to share particularly is that an emotionally mature person will also have direct communication with their self. So a relationship with their own self is one of a functional adult, and that's because of being your own safe haven, secure base. The ability to be here for me is that I got held with equanimity, I have secure attachment, I have unconditional love for myself, healthy self-worth, and that's always been the case. I have no shame of who I am and how I am, which is also why the mysticism, as it began to be a part of my life, I did not hide it or feel embarrassed about it or any of it. So when given labels and whatever, it, it's something that I dealt with as it came. And when, like I said, the spell was quote unquote broken, I wasn't like, oh, wow, this is so horrible. <laughs> I actually intuitively knew, because I also had watched some videos that talked about when you move out of the 4D bandwidth, and I didn't even have Patrick McNamara with his religious self yet. So if you want, that book is really great for any one of you who has dreams and wants to understand how yourself also goes through transformation through that. Um, yeah, this is something that I would say you want to just be aware of and um, on that note I lost my train of thought for a second when it comes to people being able to accept that they have no experience with Claire's is something easy as well the same thing goes when I've met people who are 4D mystics and they talk about themselves as being anointed and special and I have to be a polite grown-up and know how to just nod my head at a certain point, because it's once I say, we're all special. If you're a mystic, then you know this. We're all from the same piece of consciousness. And they will go on and say, no, no, but you know what I mean. And it's, no, it doesn't, no, I don't know what you mean. What you're reiterating is that you feel justified to share with another human being that you are more special. Now, there's a difference when you are talking about the experience and when you're talking about it as an emotionally mature person, you're a person who's not doing drama, king, queen, they, it, all of that. Like teenagers, when I was teenagers and people would have this thing with their boyfriends or girlfriends, oh, they broke up with me, oh, they don't deserve love. Eventually, they would lead themselves to be very mean to these people and say how these people didn't deserve to be loved. And at a certain point, I would say, Stop saying that. We all deserve to be loved. So you, I get it, you're upset, but this isn't something you should be saying. This is not nice. Plus, weren't you with them? And you're saying you don't want a person that you love to be loved. Well, that's different. How is it different? You were with them. You're now telling me you don't want a person that you were with to be loved, and you're not admitting to yourself that it's because you're upset and that you're being actually somebody who's saying something mean, and you're justifying it. This is why it's a teenager with a three-year-old, because the only time you're going to pout about something is like that. Okay, so here's where a direct communicator with their self, unlike 
like with the stare of Andy Warhol, where he felt that he was a buffoon and a fool for believing in it. I mean, I get the look because, of course, intellectually, I'm sure the man's like, intellectually speaking, I knew better. But I wouldn't have felt that way personally about myself. At least, again, this is from the movie and the look that I remember this person, Jim Carrey, in this case, having, which is, I'm such a fool. So that's very different in my book than when I see somebody who recognizes I believed in something, I fell for it because I was wanting to believe it. No, I'm not a fool. I'm a person who had an absence of knowledge or have a hope. I'm human. When you're healthy self-worth, you don't feel shame towards any of the things that you may think or assume or feel. You understand making mistakes with no teenager in the room and no three-year-old heartbroken. This is where when we get that quote from Sadhguru, where when you're okay with making no mistakes, or when you're, when you're okay with making mistakes, you make no mistakes. It always will lead you, when you're in your pure form of Purusha Prakriti, to a person with healthy self-worth. You feel it inside of your own body and you think it through your own mind. And so you don't feel like you're a buffoon. You know that you miscalculated and words matter but it's not the words it's my attempt is besides words it's actually to try and get you to understand it's the sensations that arise from within you so I know that with myself I I have never criticized myself in a way of scolding me because I did not ever get held that way I was never brought to be humiliated my parent never humiliated me in their mannerisms, my caregiver, the one who raised me. There was always an explanation after a scolding or whatnot. And that's how you don't instill shame within a person, but instead you instill within them that authoritative, equanimous, a way of saying, let me reason with you and let me explain it to you. You're beautiful just the way you are, but I'm going to impart knowledge and wisdom with you. Okay? Being able to describe to people the differences with how sensations, images, meanings, behaviors, I'd say that's one of the aspects that those who hear the word trauma, triggers, or um, when they hear about anything, the reality is unless you're being explained and given a way to understand it and conceptualize it, and it's important to have it from a secure attachment person as well because we hear a lot of it from people who did not get to have safe haven, secure base in their own body. Okay, so when instead you do, it's straightforward. Like when I was a teenager handling teenage people and as an adult handling, again, teenage people and myself, obviously, because that's the part we are handling ourselves. It's not in the parenting way. No, no, we're who we are, but there is reasons why you're able to hold yourself and others in this space. It's because you learned it first and foremost, somewhere, somehow. And actually, when I asked and talked to my mother about the word respect, uh, she explained and said, as soon as I introduced it to you, it was something that you uh, adhered to immediately understood and valued. So the plane of maintaining purusha prakriti so purusha pure consciousness it's unconditional love prakriti pure energy and that's your energy source in human terms holding your value body and heart body is you maintaining inside your body a stance of healthy self-worth so you don't feel ashamed for having your emotions all of them 
your behaviors, uh, any and all of it. You don't feel humiliated, and that's because you will not have experienced it necessarily. And even if you experience what can be deemed humiliating by others, a person who has a sense of self that is whole, so with secure attachment, and a brain that allows integration, left and right mode are friends, you will not feel humiliated. So if I think of that word, for example, and try to apply it to myself, I would feel humiliated if I knew that I did something on purpose and with all of my might that actually uh, is emotionally hurtful to somebody else or that is something uh, harmful for the planet, you know, but that I would do it on purpose just because I want to, for example, be mean. And that's the part. It's not true that it's a just because. The people who grow up, they will say it's a just because, but what they don't understand is that that first year of life, if you didn't get secure attachment, number one, there's one element that is something that in the box of a person with wisdom and knowledge will say, okay, you had a uh, starting point that means you have an attachment wound, so you already don't have, do not have healthy self-worth. You can't be a direct communicator with yourself. You can't be a functional adult with yourself in your relationship within your intimate body because you already have an infant zero one-year-old that does not know secure attachment. So I already know you're at a disadvantage and that you already now feel defective and like a piece of shit because that's the only way, the shame is the only way that that infant body, the way they explain it, attachment researchers had to maintain a lifeline. I must be defective. I must prove my worth so that my herd may keep me alive. I'm worthless. I'm, there's something wrong with me. This is the only reason. This must be the only reason something's happening to me like this. But there are no words for that. There's only a heartbroken one-year-old. So I, Maria, as an adult with all the wisdom of the attachment and trauma researchers, can share as a 5D mystic enlightenment functional adult, it's not just because. Although, this is the part, as you move through life, you make choices. So there has to be repercussions, meaning consequences, and we have laws and systems in place to protect us from those who are misaligned and were not able to maintain their value body and heart body because their infant one-year-old was an infant one-year-old and did not get the secure attachment parameters. Furthermore, we have what is called uh, drives and that also participates in the way that your nervous system and you will respond to the external and yourself so having shared these two data points, this is one of the areas why there's not devils or evils or canevils, medievals. There are people, and they don't do things just because. So returning to what I was trying to get at, a healthy self-worth functional adult, when they think of words, like when I was saying about humiliation or shame in this very sense. In fact, my only one moment of shame was when I understood, I don't remember how, but that I was casting stones by saying, you're good because you behave like the adults told you to. 
you're bad because you do things that the adults are telling us are bad and you are doing things also that are illegal, like kids that would do drugs. I would be, you're doing illegal stuff, you're bad. And something along the lines somewhere made me aware that I was actually judging kids. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I did this. And that wasn't because I was afraid of being thrown into hell. It was because it was completely wrong. Because, you know, Jesus, it's not a mantra. Forgive them for they do not know. For those of us who know secure attachment and unconditional love. It's the way, and really it's the way every single one of us our mammalian heritage, our open-hearted three-year-old is. Our human nature is this. It's to feel safe with each other. That our species went through and that right now in 2024, we have plenty of aspects that take place. That's a whole different story. And it's not that it's too big for us to conceptualize. There's a lot of different components that are part of that equation. So let's focus on relationships. And you being able to be, first and foremost, your own functional adult and emotionally mature so that you can have direct communication with yourself and with others. And that means that you can also, if you choose to move into emotional maturity, have that lovely ability to harness your words and your emotions and have grown-up conversations. And when we're in the presence of people that are this, they have healthy self-worth, so they do not uh, humiliate, uh, they do not do any of teenage behaviors. Uh, they know how to handle teenagers just as well as any one of us, which would be by allowing ourselves to completely disregard because we automatically don't have hot spots. So when you are a securely attached human being with healthy self-worth, a person's words are just words. That's it. So you don't have hot spots, or if you do, you'll know when they come up. And you will, in fact, aspire to learn how to continue to grow into the Zen master of yourself because you appreciate being in your soothe system with people because if someone doesn't have a weapon, you don't need to be in your survival. If Bill looks at me one more time, I'm going to beat him with the, the stick. <laughs> okay, so that actually is not a feeling that we want or enjoy. And for example, this is where I noticed I'm more and more becoming aware of that specific way my lovely little nervous system, because I'm four foot nine, uh, engages, okay? So in learning how to recognize the energetic uh, charge and imprint, and so how you are feeling, and all I can tell you is when you're at ease, you're open and giggly and um, everything is a blank canvas. So when, the, when you're with people that you're still uncertain about how uh, you are to them or they're to you, that's where you're still in the discovery phase. Those are actually exciting. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about that one. Mm. For my polyamory community, if you're a securely attached person, you'll be a little bit definitely um, in a space of recognizing you're not part of the norm, which is monoamory, right? Mononormativity. So you'll have questions and sometimes you'll have blank stares and sometimes you might have people who you might not say anything to about because they would probably find, uh, they would insult you. Now you can if you want to test the waters out. I personally don't think 
it's necessary. If you know that your lifestyle when it comes to love is polyamory because you embody this and you're not trying to prove a point, you're not going to uh, talk about it in a room full of scarlet letter people, okay? And this is not because you're hiding yourself. This is because you're choosing as any 5D person and spiritual process that you are adapting to a situation that you're in. So it's like going to a buffet and you know who's around you and you're going to choose to stand out like a sore thumb to try and prove a point. Only teenagers do this. This is like the Dave Chappelle thing and his thing where he's flaunting about it as that means me pursuing my dreams. No, you made a very, very stupid choice. You also were proven wrong. You didn't talk about that part as a grown-up. Admit that I was wrong and I learned. No, you didn't learn how not to react with anger. You learned how to explain a story of a dreamer who fights for everything they want without admitting and learning from when they made the mistake. Because this was your mistake. You went like a cocky asshole, pissed off as hell as a young boy or whatever you want to call yourself. And again, it's not about Dave Chappelle. It could be another human being who shared the same story. My take was you didn't learn something valuable that day, which is how not to use your anger and how to learn to calm yourself down and to think twice before you go in anywhere and use your mouth like that. So all you got out of it was a superhero story. I'm getting out of it. No, you ain't no superhero. You're a stupid idiot is what you are, and you didn't learn anything. So your dreams, they would have come true anyways. What you just imparted is not anything new of wisdom. I've heard it all over the place, all the time I watch a movie. This is all they do. Oh, I did the right thing by being a reactive. No, you didn't. You didn't necessarily. Sometimes you might, sometimes you might not. Understanding that reactivity means you did not have the time to think it through. And learning from your reactivity is the one thing that people don't notice about what they're not doing when it comes to 4D, for example, mystic plane. And when they're with their Claire saying how they know that in their twin flame journey, that their person, and, ah, and I know because I have Claire's, <laughs> you don't know shit except for whatever it is you're picking up. And obviously, with that attitude, you really don't know shit, and your distortion is all over it. Your teenager is all over it. So the part about being able to know when you are charged. A grown-up knows when they're not being a grown-up because the energy will be small, and it will not be something you will feel that is of a love button. I personally, like I keep sharing with you all, don't have moments where I want and ever have wanted to know. My heart has a different way it's reacted. Anytime that something's taken place where it's unfair, quote unquote, and it's to retract. Now, I do feel that it's because obviously I'm a four foot nine person, so my inclination is fear so that I can protect myself. And I'm very happy about it, by the way. I feel blessed to be in a pure relationship with fear and to be okay with it because I am going to say fear is the smart choice. And actually, humanly speaking, what you should all know about our human species is that we will all choose to run away if we have a way to get away from any imminent threat because your body is an intelligence and it wants you to live. So the bullshit line of the teenagers is, I'm not afraid, I'm going to be strong. Like the story, I'm a superhero of myself and I fought for my dreams and, and this is why anytime I hear that, I just turn around 
because I'm not going to share my opinion. I'm not going to share it because the minute that a person does that is the minute that I got a teenager in a room who thinks they're badass and has no idea they're not. They're not badass. They're just another random person who didn't learn how to grow up because they have enough stories somewhere out there telling them how to be a fake badass add to you know the lovely dreamer story and believe me i love stories you can always tell when it's stroking a person's ego and anytime you say you're strong for being different here's your superpower anytime i hear any of that i'm like wow oh that's so cute oh i love that one. Oh, that one's my favorite oh so yes grown-ups know we're all special and then again we're all not special and we work together which is why not one person makes a difference all of us do and there you go and the ones who are like oh if you love everyone you love no one oh if everybody's your friend then nobody's your friend yep that's right i'm a nobody to you <laughs> and there you go so the fun part about being a functional adult is this we get to speak to intellectually savvy people because that's the only people that will mingle and tingle in a very fun way because anyone who wants to be a superhero, we're going to have to give them that floor. Oh, man, I love to see people prancing around with their superhero capes. And you know, this is the beauty. When you meet emotionally mature people, okay, we're going to close on out because the time's running out, but any emotionally adult people, so they take accountability, they know who they are, they know who people are, there's, you know, we are all common sense out there, okay? So here's what they do when they see a person that loves people. And this is one of my favorite friends. <laughs> well, I have all my favorite friends, but he's emotionally immature. And so we're out doing I don't know what in a pub. One of my, well, the only pub actually. It's my, it's my home. It's, my, it's another home of mine. So we're out there and um, my friend's like, I know that you enjoy being in this shop of pastries, but sometimes, and we were talking about something like people who are not really, you know, uh, with the program. And I said, oh, that's so cute. You know how much I love people that they're pastries. You're comparing them to pastries. It's also because they like food a lot, so they like sweets. <laughs> But yeah, that's what we are, Zen Masters. We love to meet people. So they're superhero capes. We just love to hear it. Now, if their superhero cape wants to keep on honing in on a supervillain, that's the minute where we're going to start saying, well, I think, you know, I'm going to go over there now. Your, your group is down there, aren't they there? There's your friends. Look, look, they have the same supervillain. I think you want to go and talk to those vegans over there. Yep, I think the Buddhists over there too. Yeah, the Western ones, the ones who basically criticize Catholicism and then they try to convert you every time you're at one of their meetings. Apparently, they heard Buddha really well when they went into Buddhism. I don't even know what else to say. Oh, wait, that's right, spiritual bypass. Yeah, they're, they're over there, the masters, your masters. Your new masters are right there. Oh, there's your cult. Oh, look, look, they're doing Reiki. Oh, oh they're cutting cords. Oh, there's the white magic. Oh, over there. They're right there. So, hopefully, I've made it very clear for my lovely mystics. We love all people. And 5D Mystics knows that science is magic that works, although we also know that there's things that science doesn't explain, and this is why it's a beautiful field. So Claire's, it's beautiful to have. They're not special gifts. Uh, neuroscience people can explain it. Physics can explain it. All that great stuff. But that doesn't mean we don't have to have our stories. I know where I come from, my past lives, Atlantean, Lemurian, all of it, crystals, you name it. It's a beautiful plane to be. We just don't identify with that. Is we're human beings and we know like this is your name whatever your name is now right and so we bring our mysticism by the way to the people who love us so they know that it's serious business and so the ones who are also into it that's really fun when i have my 5d mystics friend 
we have a really good time. When I have my 4D mystics friends, we have a good time too because I have a good time with all people. And what I love more than anything is being able to talk about the oversoul and the loved ones in my life. So my special bonds, like my twin flames and my soulmates and all that good stuff. It's really fun to be able and be in the sphere and space of 5D and to be able to, by the way, talk about it with you all. So for our functional adults, I hope you enjoy a little bit of our woo-woo-ness. You can ask any questions that you want. Obviously, I don't have all the answers at all. Actually, I don't have any answers for you really, except for it's beautiful when we get to know our oversoul because it's family. And when we know that we can support the collective, not because we're special, but because we're able to maintain a soothe system and to share the vibration of the enlightenment vibration, which is our restorative embodied self. So it's all of our mammalian's heritage. So when you have a group of people and you can allow yourself to be the safe haven, secure base, you're not a healer in the way that the 4D talk about because it doesn't take one person for people to actually heal or change. It takes a person's awareness of their implicit organized state. So all that shit that comes up and they would have the desire to become their three-year-old whole self and to have fun with all people. And they would have the desire to want to be equanimous and mature with all people. So emotional maturity is a choice and direct communication about your feelings, thoughts, and no shaming, blaming, faulting, or revenging, or accusations. No telling somebody what their subjective life, feeling, thought, experience is, but instead learning how to listen and learning how to be respectful and learning how to shut the mouth when you have a religious or political or whatever view, meaning you share your opinion calmly. If you can't do that, you're not a functional adult yet. It means you still have your nervous system and you don't know how to be yourself. Or maybe I should say you want to be a teenage version of yourself and be in your survival mode. And that's called your modulated self experience, not restorative. It's not the optimized well-being and your body will suffer for it. And you will be somebody that a functional adult will not want to engage with in any conversation, political, religious, or cultural. For that matter, you will become a person of the weather talk. That's what happens when we meet people who are children and they don't know how to basically accept that we all have different thoughts and feelings. We learn not to filter. We do weather talk. So tell me, how's it going today? Hmm, really? Hmm. Oh, I love that. So tell me, what's your favorite thing to do tonight? So tell me, how did you like that book you read tomorrow? So it's very straightforward how you can keep a three-year-old entertained because as long as they get to talk about their self, they're enamored with the situation. And look, Psych 101, anyone? So the people who are grown-ups, on the other hand, they will want to have other types of conversations with you. They actually want to get to know the depths of you. You know how you know when that's happening? Because you have communication. So how are you feeling? How's it going? Did you see that thing going on over there? And you laugh and, and you engage and you actually are just sitting to hear each other's voices or hanging out to be around each other and you're feeling good and happy and you want more because it adds to your life and you're talking about everything, not just one thing and you're not talking about it with any objective. It's called chit chat with friends. You don't talk because you have to prove you're right or wrong. You learn to chit-chat about things that matter to each other. That's what friends, family, lovers do. 
from the depths of you, not in your survival mode. You can't chit-chat from your survival mode. That's not a chit-chat. That's people who try to prove shit to each other, and it becomes a very specific energy, which I personally haven't been involved in since I probably, not even as a teenager, because I don't do survival mode. I do my, you know, soothe system, because again, I know how to lead with a three-year-old heart that's right here. So it's cool to be yourself all the time, not just sometimes when you have secure attachment, restored embodied self, integration of the brain, 5D mystic or functional adults, enlightenment potentially so aged or not, direct communication, relationships, there's no drama, there's just love, and that's because that's our mammalian heritage. Tune in for more. Have a great day.